stop, bro Stop telling lies on me That shit ain't okay Hey, hey, hey Stop telling lies on me That shit ain't okay Yo, 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 yo Oh, baby, Ben There's a whole batch of new Dallas Cowboys out there And we back Dude, it's boys will be boys, baby. Th- this is boys will be boys. Your favorite Dallas Cowboys podcast. I'm Andy Catelli, Benjamin Walker. Ben, we are a couple days removed from the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, this is a draft. You know, this is a pretty this is a pretty low key draft for me. I didn't really like stress too much about it. The Cowboys didn't have a first round pick, so it, like didn't have a bunch on the line. You know, not very high stakes. Got to wait till day two to even like see a Cowboys pick. Yeah, I honestly think I only caught one of the picks live, second round pick, and we'll get into all the picks. But uh, other than that, I didn't even watch the first round. Really, I, I caught the recap later. Was that? Oh, I, I, I watched some, the first round, and I've seen some in game, baby. Let me tell you, just watching the entire first round live was great, just to see the New York Giants fans react to the selection of Daniel Jones. <sighs> yeah. I will watch that compilation video five hundred times. Roughly the fan the they show that's literally just sitting there in disbelief. It literally looks like, like, I don't even know more just like bewildered at the fact that they are going to play. Do we have to play this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? I love are we the worst team in the division. Now my two favorites were one. There was like this giant, like 300 pound dude in like a faded Lawrence Taylor Jersey. Like this is probably like some like electrician from, Hoboken, New Jersey, and he's just like screaming at the television. He's like, Josh Allen was gonna put on a gold jacket. Josh Allen was gonna put on a gold jacket. That was great. <laughs> and then this other guy that uh spent the entire uh the entirety of like the run up to the pick being like, All right, we got everybody we want, we got everyone on the board. He like set it up perfectly. He's like, We got everyone on the board, we can have anyone we want, we can have the best player, like we can have Haskins, we can have Josh Allen. And he asks Daniel Jones, he goes, Daniel fucking Jones! And just throws <laughs> a vase off his coffee table at the TV and breaks it. And I was just like, yes, excellent. So great. The memes around that kid are just, I mean, we have no idea if he's going to be good or bad, but it was worth it just to see the fucking <laughs> aftermath. Dude, he looks like, someone put it so perfectly, they were like, yeah. it's like they're casting a bad movie and they needed someone to play Eli Manning in the movie. <laughs> looks just like they, that. They need. They drafted. He's the guy that they would pick to play Eli Manning in a Peyton Manning movie. <laughs> <laughs> in a movie about Peyton Manning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so great. That's amazing. The internet's terrific. Oh, oh. Yeah, the the uh, there were many comical picks. Um, it was a pretty interesting draft. A kid that went to me and Ben's high school went number one overall, Mr. Kyler Murray. So congratulations to him. He will be playing with uh, Cliff Kingsbury as his coach. So that's like a weird, like create a team for us. You remember when we were in the midst of uh, Jason Garrett? uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word disdain, you know, just wanting him gone basically just really at like a month ago. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But like, peak like Extra. six seven yeah when we were like three and five okay yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and right we were literally lost. like to the point where we we're literally talking about other coaches and i remember i made a joke about cliff kingsbury and you're just like oh god please not and somehow here cliff is man getting an nfl head coaching job Dude, he, he timed it perfectly with the rise of the like everyone wants a really young like no like 
I mean, not to be weird, but like they want an attractive, like a very hot young head coach. <laughs> like just, Bay. just wants an offensive guru. Yeah. And so like Cliff was just like, I know a lot about offense. And they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> so he's now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So that could be really cool for them. That could be maybe the worst hire I've ever seen. I mean, it's one of those hires though that's kind of like high high risk or like low risk high reward because like Cliff could like do some shit no one's ever seen before and really be good at offense. If he fails, everyone's gonna be like, "Well, yeah, obviously." And if he fails, you know, no offense to the dozen Cardinal fans out there, but whoa, dude, yeah. are you dissing the Red Sea, dude? <laughs> like they've kind Bird of always, gang, dude. They've kind of always been bad. So had like that one year. No, they were okay. I guess they did make a Super Bowl more recent than me, so what the fuck can I say? Let's be but, honest. Larry Fitzgerald made that Super Bowl by himself. He just wait. single-handedly willed them to a Super Bowl. Yeah, man. Peak Fitz was something he was special. A beast. He was a beast. So, But yeah, the Dallas Cowboys did have some picks. We ended up with um, eight picks in this draft via trades and whatnot. Um Dallas had, as everyone knows, Dallas traded their first round pick for Amari Cooper uh, back, I think, like week seven, maybe. Um, turned out to be a really good trade. Uh, Amari's still really young, uh, had a terrific season, Pro Bowl year. Um, and honestly, Ben, looking at this draft, I mean, I guess we're just jumping. This, this is my discussion of the first round right here. Um, there's really no receiver in this draft that I look at and say, yeah, I'd much rather have them than Amari Cooper. Um, there's some receivers that are cool. I mean, like Nikhil Harry is, is a cool piece and I think it'll probably ball on the Patriots, but like, I don't want Nikhil Harry more than I want Amari Cooper. No, I kind of agree. Um, you know, I was, I was not happy with the price tag for Amari at the time, but I've come to live with it and looking honestly at any first round receiver, even second round receiver, there's no one who really just jumped off the page. Um, Bad receiver year. Next year, very good receiver year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, you know what? I'm fine with it. You know, we we, we didn't have a first-rounder, but we've, we've done a good job hitting even later in our drafts. I read something like, I think this was Will McClay's sixth draft. As yeah, six or seven. Yeah, and in that time, we have – like tied for the most pro bowlers and our first and most pro bowls from your draft pick. So yeah, he's done I mean, a really good job, man. So I'm not, you look at you some know, of his drafts. Yeah, dudes, the, the 2016 draft is a masterpiece. It's it really I mean, is say what you want about Dak. He's made a pro bowl. Zeke okay. is, Dak for a fourth rounder, like a fourth yeah. round pro bowl QB. You take that any and every day. Zeke has been one of, if not the best running back on earth. Since the day that he touched the field, uh, Jalen yes, Smith, Jalen Smith, dude, uh, who I called at the time, Ben was very upset. We were riding in a car together, and he was very upset we had taken Jalen Smith. I was quite excited. Turned out to be a great pick. Thank you very much, Malik oh, Collins. I I eat crow on that, but I still will say it was weird that we were loading up for Tony's last year. And we took a project linebacker in the second when we were supposedly on the doorstep of winning. Now sure. it's turned out that was my beef. I I just didn't think when you're in if you're taking a running back at four, taking a project linebacker in the second's weird to me. But obviously he's fucking good now. So 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's playing up to the level that like he was looked at as before the injury, which is like top 10 player in that draft. He would have gone like in the top 10, so that's great. Malik Collins is a starter. Anthony Brown's a starter. Rico Gathers is like the best tight end in the league maybe, so. Well, this is his year, man. You know, so he didn't <laughs> take a tight end in the draft, so. To have a, pretty much of that draft, every single player except Charles Tapper is still on the team, which is pretty incredible. Most of the time, you don't get half your guys making it to the, the squad. I like Tapper too. He's kind of injured, in- injury but, man. But yeah, no, no. The point is, Cowboy fans, we've we've been blessed of very good drafting over the past years. Will McClay is is sort of the master puppeteer of it, if you will. So we had no first rounder go. But we did have a second rounder. We did. We picked 58th. Uh, Now, coming into this, the Cowboys had done a lot of work in free agency to try to address um, a lot of holes that they perceived to have. Uh, They signed a lot of depth players. They went out. They got Robert Quinn to play the right DN spot. They went out and got Randall Cobb to fill in at the slot receiver position. Um, And so with very few, like, gaping holes on the defense or the offense – um, it kind of turned into a best player available type situation. Now, the one thing that I think many Cowboys fans thought they were going to get out of this draft was like a game breaker at safety. Um, there were some, a pretty, there weren't like very many like top tier first round safeties, but there were a lot of like very good second round safeties in this draft. And I know that's what we were talking about. And yeah. when it came to 58, there are still a couple names we were very high on. Yeah, and, and the Cowboys were too. The The talk that I've heard is that it came down to it that had Tristan Hill, who ended up being the, the pick, had he not been there, it was Juan Thornhill was the pick. He It was him and him and Hill the whole time. That was their two guys they wanted. Um, but apparently Rod Marinelli, who doesn't isn't a very emotional guy as far as the draft goes, he's not a big like bang-on-the-table type guy, really went hard for, for Tristan Hill. Um, and made the case that, you know, safety doesn't really make the D line better, but a D, uh, a really disruptive D tackle can make the entire rest of the defense, including the secondary better. Uh, and they see some stuff in Tristan Hill that they really, really like. Um, I gotta be honest. I was a little, I was momentarily disappointed when we took him just cause I wanted a safety. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I just didn't know who this kid was. Um, Interesting story on Tristan Hill. Uh, only started one game last year. Was a pretty big beast and a captain and shit in his year in the the prior year. And then the new staff came in when Scott Frost left for Nebraska. Um, Hill kind of had beef with the new coaching staff. They didn't get along well. He was incredibly disruptive when he was on the field, but he just w- had limited playing time. Yeah, that's that's basically the big concern with him from everything that. I've read and, and done since he's been drafted is that you can't deny his talent. Well, that's what pretty much all scouts say, but that uh, there's a lot of questions about his maturity. He got into it, you know, with the coaching staff about playing time. So they, obviously he got less playing time after that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he honestly, it sounds a lot like David Irving 2.0 to me. Andy. Yeah. Cause they say, say it's like a gap wrecker when he's in the field, but he just, has a bit of an attitude. Um, it does sound like he connects really well with Marinelli. Um, you know, Marinelli made him sign this player conduct contract before he agreed to take him. Uh, and when they interviewed Hill, he sounded like really stoked to come play for the Cowboys. He also mentioned that he's been texting with coach Marinelli, uh, 
like nearly every day since the senior bowl, uh, since his workout for Marinelli, Marinelli just loved what this kid had, loves his motor, great athleticism. This kid is truly an elite athlete for his size. He's like six, three, 300 pounds and, uh, can, can straight up move, uh, you know, 35 inch plus vertical at 300 pounds. Um, incredibly athletic and capable of really moving the pile in the middle, which a couple games that last year where the Cowboys lost the Colts game, the Rams game in the playoffs, those were games where we got gutted up the middle by the run. So if Tristan Hill can come in and start immediately, that's a tremendous uh, addition to an already very, very good front seven on defense. We did mention D line. I think those were when we did our pre-draft pod a couple weeks ago, Outside of safety, I think that was kind of the next thing that we talked about wanting. So it was a position of need. Even the Cowboys board, he wasn't actually the highest guy on their board. They just sort of fell in love with him. I mean, I've read multiple reports that they had our next pick, who came later, higher. It just was, you know, you're taking a need, and they needed a, a big. So we'll see what he is. From what I hear, they think he'll be a day one starter, if not challenge at least for day one starting. So hopefully we see him early. Um, but it, you know, it doesn't look like a bad pick to me. I mean, obviously it just, it just depends on, on how the kid develops, obviously. Yeah. I'm excited to see, uh, what he looks like in camp going against a real offensive line. Um, you know, obviously UCF, they're national champions. Um, they went undefeated, so they won the national championship. It says it on their stadium. They have rings. They won a national championship. So when you win a national championship, it's hard to, to knock your competition. Um, they managed to beat Memphis, uh, the Air Force Academy. Uh, dude, they've beaten a lot of quality teams, okay? They are – They want Bama, dude. They <laughs> want Bama. <laughs> they, they're they studs, man. I mean, I'm a big UCF guy. I mean, they beat teams like Florida A&M, you know? UConn, Florida International, Florida Atlantic, yeah. Southern exactly. Florida, yeah. Central Florida, <laughs> all, all the, the directional Floridas, dude. Every Not- Florida that has a compass part on the in the front of it, these guys beat their ass. All right, that's right. So, but yeah, I'm excited about Hill. Um, everything I've seen makes him look good. His highlights are very, very impressive. Um, so that'll be dope. Um, like you mentioned, though, he was not the the next pick, the Cowboys' third round pick or fourth round pick. Oh yeah. Third round pick, uh, was actually, uh, rated higher on the Cowboys board, uh, than Tristan Hill. And that was the third round, uh, pick 90 overall Connor McGovern offensive guard out of Penn state. Um, so a little surprised they went offensive line here. This was, this is my biggest question mark about the draft. Um, even when buddies were asking me last weekend, you know, every, I mean, we don't know all these players, me and Ann, to be honest. I mean, outside of the first two rounds after that, I mean, we're just not scouts, so, you know. But we do know a couple names, and we do know positions we needed, and I don't think we ever, ever talked between us that we should add some more O-line to the third round. So it's, It seems like it's a decision-making, like a, a for-the-future-type pick. Um, McGovern does appear to be very, very good. Um, in a lot of the beat writers and stuff I've read from the Cowboys, this is their favorite pick of the draft. Um, he's an incredibly good interior offensive lineman, which obviously like last year, that was a big concern. Uh, and there's a 
I'm not going to say it's a sure thing, but there's a lot of chatter that Lael Collins isn't going to be here after this year. They just simply can't afford to pay a fourth yeah. offensive lineman so top tier money. This is where I wanted to get with you. Is this two things, or I guess three things? Do you think this is more of a pick for the future, more a sign that they don't really trust Connor Williams being oh, dude, don't let Don't let our Cowboys hear you say that shit, dude. Or is it possible that they McGovern will be a day one starter? They move at guard and they move Williams out to tackle, or you know maybe I don't. I'm not sure, but I I don't think McGovern will be a day one starter. I think that they learned last year with Williams that it's really tough. Unless you, I mean, unless you're a Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith type player, um, it's really hard to come into the league and start day one. Um, unless you are one's like premier top end. Uh, college offensive lineman. I think they want to give him a year to develop. Um, if I had to guess, we're going to see them kick Connor out to guard or kick Connor out to tackle and pull the L back in to the guard spot. Uh, I think the L was better at guard, quite frankly. And well, we've both said that for a while. Yeah. And the so, big thing was the L wanted to pay tackle, which I get because tackle gets more money, but a lot more money. Fuck what he wants, man. I mean, yeah, he was a beast as a, a left guard and, Williams wasn't that Xavier Suofila wasn't that they were, he was more of a stopgap, but he did do better than I think he did better than Williams. Um, and if you put, if you put Lael next to Travis and then Tyron on the outside, the left side of your line is really, really stout. Uh, I also read too, that he, he played a little center and he could be an insurance thing for, for, uh, Frederick, Frederick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you also you got Looney. So the line has right. a, a lot of options now, which quite frankly, that's great. We were having to sign guys off the street last year to plug the hole at left guard. Um, I think that this was a, a, a very good pick. The kid appears to be incredibly talented. Uh, and Colum- and he's a Colombo guy. Uh, Colombo loves this kid. Definitely like kind of a, a grinder in the trenches there. I think that's a, a good pick. Um, again, I think that we're, what we're seeing here is that this is just, frankly, a team that they don't have like these, at least they don't perceive themselves to have any glaring, glaring needs. And so they feel like they have the luxury of taking maybe not depth players, but like guys to develop, guys to add a layer of depth and protection to dudes that have injuries. So McGovern pick is, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's not exciting. It's definitely not sexy, but it is a good, he is a good player. Yeah, that's basically where I fall. You know, at the end of the day, O-line depth is never a bad thing. Um, the Cowboys line has quietly not been as good as advertised, honestly, for probably two years, Andy, with the kind yeah. of injuries to Tyron. 28th in pass protection last year. Right, exactly. So um, a little bit of that is Dak holds the fucking ball forever. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not upset with it. I think he could challenge to be a day one starter. Yeah. Um, if he does, then that's fine. I'm not going to be upset if Connor Williams doesn't play. I'm not a Connor Williams truther, just best player play on the line. And I'm Dude, good. Let me tell you, there are some people out there that they are heavily invested in Connor Williams. I know. Like, went to UT, dude. I don't know if that's they're, part they're, of it. They're like posting right. shirtless pics of him being like, oh, he's such a monster now. He's so big, dude. Thick boy, dude. It's it's being, like, wow, man. Like Me and Andy at least twice a week will send a picture of It'll always be someone will post like run into Connor Williams outside of 
outside of obviously Cowboys camp and just be like, whoa, look how big he is. Hey, guys, I was at, Oh, I man, was at, this, this NFL offensive lineman looks jacked to you, bro? No God, Guys, I was, at, I, was at, I was at Chili's and Grapevine today and ran into Connor Williams. Dude, he's fucking big, dude. He's like, stacked, no, bro. dude. <laughs> no. You should have so, seen yeah. how many ribs he put down. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah. McGovern pick, I'm down with it. Um, we'll see how it'll be interesting when we get to camp to see uh what the what the first team looks like. I'm very interested in that. Yeah, I um, mean there's a little bit of concern, you know, he blocked for Saquon Barkley, so maybe he's just a product of Saquon being so good, man. You know? <laughs> this is true, dude. This is true. Um Okay, so next up, fourth round pick, pick 128. This was an interesting selection. Um, the Cowboy, you know, it's been there's been a lot of talk around like what is the Cowboys' plan for Zeke Elliott? Uh, are they keeping Zeke? If so, uh, do they need to like lessen his workload a little bit, finding a legitimate backup? Uh, in addition, do they need a backup that can maybe change the pace a little bit? I think. You and I have talked about how this team has been looking for Lance Dunbar 2.0 for yes, however many years it's been since Lance Dunbar played here. Uh, well, you just look around the league, and fantasy people will know this too. Almost most teams have like a pass catching guy that they use, or like yeah. a little third down scat back. Whether you want to look at like Washington with Chris Thompson, um, you know, the Philly has like a rotate. Darren Sproles has been Kamara. doing that forever. Yeah, Alvin Kamara with the Saints. I mean, it's just a very popular thing now to have that sort of change of pace and guy that can almost line up as a slot receiver, which, by the way, Tony Pollard's listed as running back. He actually played a shit ton in the slot too. So, if anything, he's kind of what we thought, I think, Tavon Austin was supposed to be last year. Yeah. Um, he's a, a awesome kick returner too. I think he – Led the NCAA in kick return touchdowns or yards. Yeah. One of the two. seven seven career kickoff return touchdowns. Yeah. So and he played against UCF, man. So national. You, you watch this. Uh, you watch this kid play. Um, I'll say. So first of all, he was like the second running back on his team, so he's kind of used to this role as far as like the do everything gadget player. Um, he he would be out wide at wide receiver. He'd be in the backfield at running back. Um, the. Memphis had this kid Henderson, who was the starter, who was a he was a straight up animal. Uh, and I think I can't remember where he went. He went like the third round though. Like he was he went pretty high, second or third round. Um, but Pollard is uh, he is a the, the word on the street on this pick is that this is a Kellen Moore selection. Um, Kellen Moore really liked what Pollard brought to the table, liked what he thought he could do with Pollard. See some of those Camara esque traits in them, uh, and they went out and got him. So uh, Pollard will probably come in and be the, you know, second back, uh, change of pace back. Uh, he's got some really, he's got some some measurables that you really like. He's six foot. Uh, he's two hundred pounds. Runs a legit four three forty yard dash. Um, definitely got game breaking speed. And like Ben said, I mean, you watch this guy's highlight tape. He can catch the ball like a wide receiver. Like we're not talking about little swing passes. We're talking about he can go vertical down the field and go up and catch contested balls with his hands yeah. over quarterbacks. He's, he's kind of a all-around player where you put him. I mean, he led their team in kick return. He averaged 40 yards a kick return this year in the NCAA. He caught 36 balls, four touchdowns, also ran 30 times. 
with two more touchdowns with like a 7.7 average behind their other B. So, I mean, I'll tell you what he can do. He can, he can take a jet sweep and that's what he's going to need to learn to love baby is you're going to be doing some jet sweeps in this brand new innovative Kellen Moore offense. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Kellen does with this guy. You know, I think there was a, a feeling, at least within the fan base and the beat writer community last year, that you know maybe maybe Tavon Austin wasn't used as much as other fans would have liked, um, especially you after mean when, the, they, uh, when they came out in the preseason and told <laughs> us he was going to get twenty snaps a game, twenty touches. Oh yeah, what touches. twenty touches? <laughs> which you were just like. Huh? Is he playing not, quarterback? Like, what are you talking it's about? It's not a chance in hell. We're like, I don't care. Like, we would have to get scored on 18 times a game. Okay, for I, hate to to, I hate to, like, hold touches. the show up, but I have to see, like, what the most touches. I mean, I know I'm going to put right here. I'm going to tell you this right here. I'm going to put the over under at 2.5. <laughs> oh, you think the, okay, what's the most touches you got in the game, though? Man, if we're counting kick returns, which they basically just kneel and nowadays, like, I guess four. Okay. He did not have more than a two-catch game. And I don't right. think he you're, had you're, more you're, than a one rush. I'll tell you this. You're wrong, first of all. all okay. Right. He, against uh, Seattle, the first time we played him, he had three catches for two, <laughs> Sorry. For, for two yards. Sorry, he had three catches. And a touchdown, okay? Then he had one <laughs> rushing attempt for 18 yards. That's pretty good. And then he had four punt returns because we punted a oh, lot. Did. Okay. Yeah. So like an eight touch game, big time. My fault. Yeah. That was definitely his biggest game uh, against the giants. He had two, ca- two catches for 79 yards in a TD and one rush for 15 yards. Uh, so yeah, I mean, all in all, uh, you know, he had some, he had some, uh, he had some return touch. He had a return touchdown. He, he scored in a lot of ways. Um, hey, I, w- I would have liked to see him do it more. Real talk about Tavon Barksdale, though. He was all worth it because he flipped the field two times in the playoffs. Yeah, and absolutely. And he's, dude, this guy's so cheap. That's what people forget. Like, if you, if I tell you, like, hey, I got a guy, he's going to score you five touchdowns this year, and he's a million dollars. That is the cheapest per touchdown fee of any guy in the league. So, like, Totally worth it. I would love, man, and I don't know. The most interesting thing heading into this year is not any of these picks. It's really just how Kellen runs this offense. How much do they let him run this offense? How much is Jason Garrett really running the offense? That dynamic is probably the most interesting thing for me to see play out. I I would love to see some flexes where you see Pollard out there at the same time as like Tavon. You know, I'd love for him to get a little creative offensively yeah i mean that's that's like the the i've already started taking some notes on like stuff i want to see when we go out to camp um and like i think like that like i said the mix at offensive line how how travis has recovered that's a big piece of it but i just want to see what this offense looks like like what is the do we notice anything different are the formations different are we seeing any pre-snap movement that we've seen kind of take take over the league we didn't see any more rpo anything like that um, how much is back on a run? Yeah, I want to see it all. So, if uh, I mean, if you're a brand new offensive coordinator and you want to do interesting stuff, Dallas does have personnel that you can use to do some interesting stuff. Just throw um, out Scott Linehan's entire playbook, and you know, yeah, 
you, you can keep that Over one there. screenplay that Zeke runs twice a game. What about the jet sweep and then also the fake jet sweep? Ooh, fake jet sweep is a money play, dude. <laughs> At least it was when we had old Lucky Whitehead here. Yeah, great. It was tight with Dwayne Harris back when we were still somewhat creative. Yeah, that was more fun. Um, so yeah, so Pollard going to be an excellent, uh, addition to the team. And then, uh, the Cowboys had two fifth round picks, uh, seven picks apart, 158, 165. Uh, and they went, uh, with a college team near and dear to Ben's heart. Two guys from the U, um, Michael and Joe Jackson, uh, lots of jokes to be made there. Uh, as you know, Michael Jackson had a father named Joe Jackson and, uh, now we have guys named exactly that. Um, ben, I'll tell you the interesting about these guys. Both of these guys in mock, if you go back and look at mock drafts from right after the draft last year, these guys were both penciled in as first round picks. Yeah, dude, Michael Jackson had a stud. I want to say it was a junior year. Yeah, four interceptions as a junior. Um, this and and you look at this guy. He's like built for Chris Richard, right? Like six two, long arms, very Dude, fast. He's four four speed. Yeah, like you said, six one, two ten, forty inch vertical. He's a freak athlete. If you want to just Google him, the first thing that pops up is him wearing the fucking turnover chain, swagging on the sidelines. Dude, I love this kid already. He's taken at least Jordan Lewis's snaps. I'm telling. You. Yeah, and I've already told Ben, I already have a great nickname lined up for this kid. He's going to make one oh, big hit. Just tease it. Just tease it. It's going to come. Trust me. Oh, I, I, oh, you're so you're saying don't debut the name right now. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, be because I just, just, just be ready. The first time this kid makes a play, you're going to hear on this podcast the debut of a pretty dope nickname for this guy. Um, Joe Jackson, on the other hand, defensive end, um, had. Pretty good college career. Had like so, what, 20-something sacks. Yeah, the one thing, Michael Jackson, why he didn't go first round, like Andy said, he did not really have a huge senior year. The U in general was kind of just trash last year, so they just lost a lot of hype. But um, he did play what I thought was interesting. Um, he started he started every game that he was out there. Never hurt. He had two sacks, six pass breakups. So, you know, four picks his junior year. Like I said, the kid – He's been a bit of a turnover machine, so I'm all about them. Yeah, I think these are both very good picks. Definitely positions where you can always use more guys. Um, defensive end, which a couple years ago, like we couldn't fucking buy a defensive end, and now we've got like kind of a nice little group there in the defensive end room with D. Law, Quinn, Randy Gregory, who Jerry Jones is convinced is going to be back and somehow play football. I'm not sure I believe that, but cool. Um, Tyron Crawford, this guy, Joe Jackson, uh, Kerry Hyder, uh, former Texas Tech Red Raider. So there's a lot of interesting talent there at the defensive end group, and they've got a lot of combinations that they can throw uh, at opposing quarterbacks, which Lord knows I like. Me too, man. Once again, uh, I mean, just good depth on this team. So you got Michael Jackson, awesome, playing you know, going to get some secondary. You got Joe Jackson. We'll see what this guy does. Like Andy said, he did lead their team in, I want to say, sacks. Yep. Um, you know, so uh, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm, man, you'll never, you'll never hear me complain about getting some you dudes, man. 
Yeah, I like the swagger these guys bring. Um, always been a big supporter of the the U phenomenon. I hope they bring a little bit of that dog in them to uh, to the Cowboys. I think that is something that we, me and Ben, both enjoy seeing. Um, and they're com- they're joining a talented group. I mean, this is a young, very very good defense, potentially elite if things continue to develop the way they are. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shapes out. Um, six round, Ben, the Cowboys finally take a safety, uh, Donovan Wilson out of Texas A&M. Um, you know, it's a six round pick. It is what it is. I'm happy they took a safety. This kid's kind of just a wood layer. Uh, he just likes to straight up bomb on people, which I'm always okay with. Um, we've had some guys like that in the past that I really enjoyed. JJ Wilcox, one of those guys, never really that great in coverage, but he'd lay a hit on somebody and I enjoy that. Um, so I was glad they went out and got a safety at all. Yeah. You know, Xavier Woods did come during the sixth round and he's turned into a starter level. You know I me, mean? he doesn't excite you, but very few times. I'll, I'll be- say this. Will McClay. I was listening to Will McClay today. Will McClay had a lot of really good things to say about Xavier Woods. Maybe that's just because they're trying to defend the fact they didn't take a safety. But well, he's been pretty adamant if you follow him. He did not like all the chatter that they needed to go out there and get a safety. Yeah. And I mean, they're basically what he said is like the we the, what we see from Xavier Woods, both like you know, from a practice perspective and what we think he's capable of being, they think he's very capable of being a top end safety in this league. So I, I haven't seen Xavier Woods make very many bad plays. He's made a couple really big sp- splash plays. Maybe those will con- like multiply and he'll continue to get better. Yeah, I read pretty much Richard is grooming Woods to be his next Earl Thomas, which, okay, he's not going to be Earl Thomas, but, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, Earl Thomas who flips his team off, dude. <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> but, you know, he is looking uh, – for this guy, they say he's more of the uh, – I read he's more of like a Barry Church or, you know, if you want to go back to that, that Seahawks group Richard had, more Cam Chancellor. He's just a big hitter in the hole. Not a great coverage guy, so we'll see how much he gets into the mix, Andy. It's really hard to say with this group of safeties, but uh, we probably took one later than I would have liked. Yeah, you know, but I don't know. Well, like I said, we'll see. I I definitely would have. I definitely would have thought we would have taken one earlier, but agreed. Um, and then in the we had two seventh round picks. Uh, the very last one was Jalen Jelks out of Oregon. Honestly, I don't think he's making the team. Um, we just highlighted that defensive end, really, really stacked position. This kid's super raw. Um, I just, just quite frankly, I don't think he's making the team. But I could be proven mm-hmm. wrong. Um, but with the first pick in the seventh round, they had number two eighteen. They took Mike Weber out of Ohio State. Um, so this guy was Zeke's backup at one point. Uh, while Zeke was at Ohio State. Uh, these guys have played together before. As soon as he got drafted, he tweeted out, y'all going to like what I bring? And then Zeke tweeted a little emoji where it's like smoke coming out of your nose, you know, yeah. where you're like, good underused emoji. Definitely. Talk. Zeke's big into it too. So also side note, do you see that? Uh, so there was like a big thing where like, pe- like Zeke was tweeting, I'm getting a face tat. And everyone was like, oh God, please don't. And it turned out that he was getting a tat of his face on his leg, and it's Zeke as a White Walker from Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I missed that. It's pretty tight, dude. You know what? Just, just do you, Zeke. You know, Zeke, you do whatever get- you want that doesn't involve domestic violence or 
drunk driving. Yeah, you know, if you want to get a White Walker tattooed yourself as a White Walker, which is even weirder than you know, like, <laughs> fine. He's like, that'd be like me being that'd be like, like me. I love Game of Thrones and I love me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, hey, dog, you know it's tight. Me and Game of Thrones. Be like, yo, what? Yeah, I think I'm really tight, but like, I'm not really jacked. I'm gonna get my face over. The rock tattooed on my <laughs> on my body, so I can look kind of tight, dude. You should tight. think you should look into that, dude. See what that would cost. You know, get a good artist behind that project. Um. So yeah. So Mike Weber, uh, he's ready to come in. I mean, it's interesting. They took two running backs in this draft, which that's kind of a lot, honestly. But um, I guess they didn't really have another back on the on the roster, and they felt like they needed two guys uh, at least for camp. So. I don't know if I think that Mike Weber is going to make the team in the long run, but it'll be cool to have someone to push Pollard and the other guys while they're in camp for sure. He will get a lot of preseason carries is my guess. So we'll see. Most people said the deal with him, why he wasn't as highly hyped as previous um, Ohio State running backs is just he – I guess on tape, they just said he just kind of gets what's there. I mean, he has like yeah. high popping numbers. He just didn't wow you the way Hyde and especially Zeke did. So, yeah. So, um, and so yeah that that was the uh, that was the end of the draft. The Cowboys also came away. Uh, if you listen to like what these guys were saying about the draft afterwards, they were very stoked about who they got in the draft. I mean, McGovern had a, a sec- high second round pick. Uh, grade on him. Um, they got a lot of guys they felt like they got really good value for, but then they were very stoked on the free, undrafted free agent class. Um, as soon as they got into the seventh round, the Cowboys started calling uh, kids that they wanted to pick up in undrafted free agency. Um, and they got some, some interesting kids for sure. Uh, one was Mitch Hyatt, the offensive tackle off of Clemson. Uh, he was an all American in 2018. He's two time first team eight CC guy. Uh, he was the best blocker in the ACC in 2017 and 2018. He's a two-time national champion. Um, and at 6'5", 310, he's got the size uh, to play on the offensive line. Super veteran guy, four-year starter for a two-time national championship team. Um, obviously not a, treme- not a tremendous enough blue chip to like go out and get drafted, but uh, uh, they were very excited to pick him up. And then the other one I'll highlight, Ben, is one Jalen Guyton. What do you know about this guy? Uh, I really don't go. I didn't. I didn't follow him too close. So Jalen Guyton is from Allen, Texas, uh, hometown of your two illustrious hosts for this podcast. Um, he was Kyler's number one receiver when Kyler was in high school, just bombing no on people. Kidding. Yes, okay. this kid had like thirty-five touchdowns his junior and senior year. He was a beast, four-star recruit. Uh, went to Notre Dame, got in a shitload of legal trouble, got kicked oh. out of Notre Dame. Uh, went to UNT, balled out while he was there, and uh, now he's he got picked up as an undrafted free agent. Um, the cool thing about this kid, man, is like this guy brings something to the table that you're like, it could be pretty special as far as skill set goes. Um, as even though this guy's only like, you know, he's he's an undrafted free agent. We're talking about a guy who's he's six two, he's two ten. He's got he is the one of the fastest uh wide receivers tested in the pre-draft process. He ran a 433 at the combine. Uh, so he's got size, he's got speed, he's got hands, uh, and he has played 
wide receiver at a high level. Um, so you could definitely see this guy in the mix for yeah, like see that. the he, Lance uh, Lenore spot. So yeah, apparently yeah, he missed or he wasn't invited to the NFL Combine, but killed it at the North Texas Pro Day. Yeah, like you said post all those numbers was working out with Kyler, his old boy, and a lot of little scouts just love the measurables. So okay, I'm with that. Yeah, um, this said, honestly think- his closest athletic comparison in recent draft is DJ Moore. Like yeah, and that's that's the comparison that you see a lot actually with him. He's a very similar player to DJ Moore, which there were plenty of people that were advocating we take DJ Moore last year. We were one so, of well, you didn't mind. Yeah. So that's a that's an excellent uh that's an excellent pickup, I think. Um it's gonna be very interesting to see where all these guys land. Um so Ben, that is the Dallas Cowboys draft process. They came away um, they got better at a lot of positions. They got depth at a lot of positions. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see what the 53 looks like this year. Going to be a lot of good position fights. We will be reporting on all that live from camp in Oxnard in late July. Oh, hell yes. Um, so, Ben, before we get out of here, I wanted to go through a little bit of what teams in our division did. Yes, as always, we are not the only team at taking our rivals. I guess we'll call them rivals. The lowly R-words, the G-men, and the filthy Eagles um, all made some some pickups. Really, the R-words, if you want to stop there, Goat, had a, uh, according to scouts, a lot of people love their draft. I, I got to agree. Uh, Washington had a tremendous draft. Now, part of that's because, like, other teams did really dumb stuff, like, like we mentioned, the Giants are sitting there at six with literally every quarterback except Kyler Murray on the board and decided they were going to take Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. So, that's interesting. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio State quarterback, who many people questioned if he would go number one, uh, fell all the way to 15 where the Redskins got him. Sorry about that. The Washington R-words got him for just nothing. Um, so that was a huge coup for them. They also had a second pick in the first round, the 26th pick. They got Montez Sweat, the defensive end out of Mississippi State, who kind of like became the stud of the draft with his 40 time. If you recognize that name and you don't follow the draft at all, it's because this guy really blew up because he's a freak of nature for how freaking big he is and how freaky fast he is. He is enormous. And ran like what, like a four or five or something? Yeah, I think he ran the fastest D line time of all time. That makes that's sense, crazy. Right? Yeah. So that is those are uh, definitely some players we're gonna have to watch out for. Um, you know, he joins an already very very talented Washington defensive line. Um, yeah, he ran a four four one, and he's a D line. That's insane, dude. That is truly otherworldly. <laughs> um, wow. So. That that is going to be interesting. Like I said, the the he's taller Washington, than Trent Williams and weighs more than Ryan Kerrigan on the Washington team. And Washington has a filthy defensive line as it is. They pretty much just have like the 2015 through 2017 Alabama team plus like some other guys. They've given our O line way more fits than I would say even Philly has, and Philly has a nice I agree. line. Like they have they have some definite well, ability to get pressure. Um, you know, the, the issue for them has been quarterback play has been inconsistent, and then they just cannot find a wide receiver. Um, no. You know, Doxon's been a huge bust. Now, Haskins, that could be something really good. I do think he's a good player. Uh, what I also know is that he'll hurt his knee about week six, 
and he'll need about week 12 to get better, but the but Washington will be in the playoff hunt, so they'll rush him back week 10, and then he'll tear his meniscus again and never be able the same player. So not wow. worried too much about that. Um, they In the third round, they picked up Terry McLaurin, the uh, wide receiver from Ohio State. Um, trying to see who else these guys took. That's all that really matters. We yeah. Oh, they got Bryce Love. They picked up Bryce Love. Yes, in the that round. is a nice so that's, pick. That, that's a project player, but um, you I know, like you, their draft. I'll give that to them. Yeah. I don't definitely I don't really the best draft. In they're not the, a threat this year. I honestly believe, but nice pieces moving forward. Absolutely. And all depend, I mean, all depends on the quarterback. At the end of the day, you know, if Haskins comes out. I saw some stat, I guess, in the last, what it, I think, five drafts. There's only been one first rounder that, or two first rounders that haven't played at all. No, it is one that haven't started a game their rookie year. Who's so, that? Mahomes and no, Mahomes. Yeah, I forgot. I thought it was two. He actually started like the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Three games. Right. So he actually started week 17, tore it up. Uh, I forget who it was, okay. honestly. I had the name earlier. I should have written down. But, anyways, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him start. I mean, it's not like we don't know the Alex Smith status. I mean, he had a real gruesome injury. I have Dude, no they're idea. talking about he might never play again. That's the last I heard, but I haven't heard. And then they they were playing Colt, but Colt got rushed back from injury early and hurt yeah. his knee again. So so he might be your day one starter. It might be Haskins day one. Yeah, most definitely. So uh, Washington, very very good draft. Uh, starting to get their act together over there. The New York G men. Let me tell you, if I if you were to tell me that Dave Gettleman was a Dallas Cowboys sleeper agent sent into that organization to ruin them, you'd have a hard time convincing me based on these moves that that's not true. <laughs> In this quotes, um, oh dude, the some of these quotes, like I can't remember who was interviewing him, but it was like Dave, like some guy came up to me today and said, I can't believe what the, what, I don't know what the hell Dave Gettleman's doing. He's like, I can't believe this Daniel Jones pick. He's such an idiot. What do you, what do you have to say about that? And so this is like his opportunity to defend that pick. And Dave Gettleman's response was, he goes, I got one for you. I was getting a coffee at Starbucks and the guy said, great pick, Dave. (laughs) What, dude? (laughs) What? You don't think all the validation you need is some guy who, that story sounds totally fabricated, by the way. Yeah, but, first of all, yeah. <laughs> but if that happens, some guy in a coffee shop, which, by the way, Giants fans fucking hate this guy, so there's no yeah, way anybody that, that. that must have been a Cowboys fan, dude. That was definitely like just some dude from Dallas being like, hey, Dave, sick, bro. He's like, oh, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> I just looked up because I was trying to find a funny quote from him, and I looked on Twitter, and I saw a positive quote, and then I looked at the flare, and it was – it was a Washington R word flair. So <laughs> <laughs> dude, or like all the stuff where he was just like last year we had took a hard look at it. And we used to decide that Eli's got a lot left in the tank. He did. Like, did get him. And also said, so they took, we'll get into their pick. So they took Daniel Jones, which if you don't know who Daniel Jones is, that's okay. No don't one, feel bad. Yeah. No <laughs> one really did. He, he played at Duke, not basketball where they're actually good, but their football team, and um and let me tell you this kid's stat line dude he <laughs> tore it up it's when he put haskins and his numbers comparably together it's so funny to see how much better haskins numbers were all right i'm in fact we're gonna do that now because we're mean <laughs> so first of all let's go with dwayne haskins uh last year dwayne haskins was 70 percent completions 
4,831 yards, 50 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Not bad. Not bad. It is, in fact, the all-time Ohio State record for touchdowns in a season. So, pretty dece. Daniel Jones. Uh, so, Haskins is only a starter for, for one year. Uh, Jones has three years as a starter, uh, but luckily all his seasons are pretty much the same. Uh, so his, his su- freshman year at Duke, he had 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, nine picks. That's actually one of his better seasons. Uh, his second year completion percentage went down to 55%, uh, two, 2,691 yards, 14 touchdowns, 11 picks. And last year, his year that got him drafted number six overall, he had 60% completions, his lowest yardage total ever at 2674, 22 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So total, uh, if you add up all the touchdowns that he got in his career, uh, in three years of starting, he got two more touchdowns than Dwayne Haskins did last season. And he got 29 interceptions career wise, which is, uh, roughly four times as many as Haskins got. So That's great. And Gettleman's quote, which if you're going to take the guy, just have the stones to say, Look, yeah, just back him up or whatever. We like, believe he was our guy. We didn't think he was going to be there. Like, you don't need to justify your pick. You're fucking, you know what I mean? Like, just say we believe in the guy. We didn't want to take the chance. He might have been there at 17 with our next pick, but he might not have. So we went with him. Instead, they're like, I know for a fact that there were two other teams that were going to jump in front of us and taking it before 17. So really? we had to take him. And they did even was, worse than that. They were like, oh, yeah, Washington was going to do it. And then yeah, Washington, Washington the straight Broncos. up came out and was like, nah, we weren't. <laughs> it's so good. I, I think, the the you know, obviously we have no love for the, the Washington GM or anything, but it was so funny. He goes, I have very little confidence that Dave knows what our draft board looks like. I yeah. Like, God, the shade, dude. Keep that same energy, dude. I love it. Oh, so, dude. Anyway, uh, so New York, yeah, New York took Daniel Jones at six, just criminally high. At seventeen, they took Dexter Lawrence. Okay, so you've decided as an organization that you're going to take a quarterback at six and a pass rusher or D lineman at seventeen. <laughs> at six, you could have taken Josh Allen, who is just Nagurski Trophy winner, Better Nick Award winner all everything defensive end. And then you could have had, you know, you probably could have had Dwayne Haskins at seven, or you probably could have had Daniel Jones at 17. You More Haskins even, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yo, well, that's what, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's insane. <laughs> it makes no sense what they're doing. Also, like, their line is still Terizash. They have no wide receivers. And so now it's like they're getting another statue of a quarterback to stand back there and get murdered by a, a division that's now loaded with pass rushers. I mean, NFC East has two really good off defensive lines in it, and actually three because the Eagles are not bad either. So, like, three really good defensive lines. You're running out there a bunch of bums. Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> and Gettleman came out and said that Daniel Jones might have to sit three years behind Eli Manning. So, please, please. Please stay there. Oh, and they actually had a third first-round pick. At pick number 30, they took DeAndre Baker at Georgia. Um, He won the Thorpe Award in 2018. He's a really good cornerback. Um, 
they could certainly use it. So I guess that's good. But again, you're just like, don't really know what's going on here. Uh, in the second round, I want to see if they had a second round pick. He had a great, uh, he had a great line that only villains say, you know, and it's in three years, see how crazy I am. (laughs) 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 That's how I defended the pick too. So yeah, not a, not a tremendously exciting for like, picks for the giants we'll see how those turn out obviously you have to wait really three years to see what any class looks like but <laughs> does look great i'll tell you that um, can i can i read this one fans just oh please do like, this is just the last of the gettleman and we'll we'll move on um dave gettleman would it trade a second round pick for josh fucking rosen when drafted daniel jones at number six then this man follows. People are just wrecking him, which I'm really enjoying. And Dave Gettleman traded Odell Beckham Jr. and drafted Daniel Jones at number freaking six. Dude, I've, Dave Gettleman dude, traded they, Snacks Harrison for a fifth and then picked a nose tackle at fucking 17. <laughs> dude, that, I love this fan base, dude. They, they, New York really does know how to flame someone better than just about anyone other than the Eagles, which I got to say, I really, really enjoy. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. I, we play them week one. I really hope they're starting Eli and that horrible line back there with no wide receivers. That's going to be really, really fun. Um, and then last but not least the Philadelphia Eagles, um, pretty talented squad as is, but they, uh, they made some additions, uh, in the first round, they took Andre Dillard, the Washington state offensive tackle. Dillard's a really good player. Um, one of the best, if not the best offensive lineman in the entire pack 12. Um, so that's a very solid pick. Uh, I think the Eagles have proven at this point that, that they know what they're doing as far as personnel evaluations. They've put together some, some pretty good squads in the last couple of years. They just had some, uh, some injury issues last year. Um, in the second round at pick 53, they took miles Sanders, who's like the heir to, uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, had a really, really good career at Penn State. People just kind of didn't notice he was there because everyone's obsessed with Saquon Barkley. Um, Have you seen his thighs? His thighs are not comparable to Saquon's, unfortunately. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to see who else the Eagles took, if it was anyone cute. I think that might have been like their highest profile pick. They didn't have that many picks because they traded a bunch of stuff to get players. You got Sharif Miller, a D-end out of Penn State. Really like Penn State guys there. He's also the only GM in the last, I think it's five years, that hasn't traded down any pick at any point. He's only ever so, traded up. It's an interesting <laughs> stat. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's the NFC East. Um Ben, any outside of that, any other uh, picks that you found interesting? I was, I was, fa- I liked the uh, Nikhil Harry to the Patriots. That that's a really, really good pick. Uh, obviously, Kyler like going Stidham one overall. Too, man. Stidham, I watched the video today of him getting picked. I mean, I hate Jarrett Stidham because he abandoned Tech, but that's a really good spot for him. I mean, can't imagine like when you're in his position and you need a little development. That's about as good as it gets. Um. Nick Bosa to the 49ers. Uh, they were really stoked about that. I have a lot of buddies out here in Austin who are big 49ers fans are from the Bay. They're very stoked about Bosa. Um, I got to say, I'm not a huge believer in the Bosa thing. 
Uh, you know, their dad had his NFL career cut short by injury. The elder Bosa has had a lot of injury issues already. Uh, Nick Bosa missed his entire senior year of college because of injury. Just kind of seems like they get hurt a lot. Yeah, that's fair. But they're good when they're on the field. This is very true. This is very true. So it's going to be interesting. So that is the 2019 NFL draft. Um, these guys are going to get into voluntary rookie camp. I think it's in like two weeks they'll be out there. Uh, and then as we move into June and July, we will be heading towards late July's uh, training camp, which will be in Oxnard, California. Ben and I will be reporting live from training camp. Gonna be really cool. Give you some uh, some real time updates. Um, feel free to send us. Uh, you know, if there's stuff you guys want to see, if there's position groups or you know units you want watched, let us know, uh, and we will definitely provide some updates. Uh, ben, anything else? Final thoughts before we get out of here? No, sir. I, I'm ready for the season to start already, man. Hell yeah, dude. Me too, man. I'm at that. I'm at that point now where I've recovered from the hurt of last year, and all I want is to watch football again. Um, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Oh, so as always guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and it means a ton that you would take the time out of your busy schedule to check out, uh, the, this lovely podcast as always, please feel free to rate and subscribe on iTunes for our Android listeners. The Spotify, uh, approval process is in route. So you should see that soon. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and please tune in soon when we uh, break down the beginning of training camp and get ready for our trip out to Oxnard. As always, this is Andy Catelli. I'm in T. Walker. Take it easy. Peace. Stop. Stop telling lies on me. That shit ain't okay. Hey, hey, hey. Stop telling lies on me. That shit ain't okay.